0: Today's interview is with Ryan Grove. Ryan has been a guitarist playing in hardcore bands for the past two decades. He got to start playing with his teenage friends in the hardcore band down to nothing. This is where I first met him, when I recorded some of their early recordings, and it quickly became apparent the amount of talent he had for guitar and the enthusiasm he had for hardcore. After playing in DTN for eight years, he left the band and started Fire and Ice, then later, Mutually Assured Destruction, his current band all the while also playing over the years for the Richmond hardcore band Brace War. It was awesome to sit down with Ryan and learn his path and see his enthusiasm for hardcore and learn how he discovered this music and what each band is meant to him. So with that, here's my interview with Ryan Grote.
1: How did you get into, um, uh, punk rock?
2: Um, well, I guess when walking around, um, in middle school, and I was a big, like, alternative fan. My favorite bands, like, started to like, um, were like Pearl Jam and, um, I don't know, so forth, like Nirvana, everything Seattle, pretty much. And sure, I don't know, sure. uh, just was introduced via friends and, like, I guess, like, my curiosity to, like, to see, like, who these bands were. And, you know, to be honest with you, <laughs> And they were mostly like local South side bands, bands that played at St. Edwards. Um, uh, like Chris Daly was one of my friends, and he was, uh, you know, walking around, you know, wearing the y'all shirt. Um, and I was like curious, I was like, who the hell is $500 buying it? Like, and saw you know, more and more of the y'all shirts around, and like David Wood, you know, sporting it, and he and I became friends, and um. Pretty much, it was around then um, in middle school, going into high school. It was like '96. It's really cool. Yeah, I I, I saw um, you guys play, and I don't know who else. I'm trying to remember, but um,
1: just at St. Edwards, like, you know. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, w- were you? This is the thing that's gotten me curious about St. Edwards was. I only kind of experienced it from starting playing there. Um, but I wondered if, like, do you think your parents would have been cool with you going to a club in the city at that age? No, no. So that was like the really, I was trying to explain
2: this to Ace, the singer and the band I'm in now, and um, uh, telling them about St. Edward shows and how it was really funny. How When I learned about... I, I was handed, like, flyers, you know, um, for, for shows at Twisters, and I was like, what is this? But it was, it'd be in downtown. I was, like, mm. at, like, 16, and my, my mom would always refer to her brother, who was a Richmond City cop. <clears throat> oh, shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he would always be like, no, it's dangerous, you know. It, well,
1: back then it was. Yeah, I mean, we were, like,
2: it, number it three it, or some
1: it, shit in it, the country. Murder rate.
2: He wasn't definitely like he wasn't. I guess you know lying about numbers and everything and, and stuff that he's seen. I'm sure on the beat is sure is weird, but um, I was like, you know, I was determined to, to get to a show. But um, but yeah, I was going to St. Edward's shows for um once I discovered that in in '96. You know, unfortunately, you know when 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 Pat Daly died that memorial show that followed afterwards, that was like one of the most memorable shows I can ever remember. There were so many bands that played. It was, there was just so many people there. Um, what was it? What was the gentleman's name that did the, uh, the Q6 song on, on the, um, oh, no. on the record? Yeah. And he came and he sang that song. Um, it was just a good show. Um, and it definitely sticks. Like there's a lot of, um you know, independent sets and um target for aggression sets and 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 seeing you guys and it, it definitely just like you know i i knew there was more um as well as much as i love those st edward shows um it was like 99 beginning of 99 i started um venturing out um and well just convincing my parents i was like you know i'll be fine and how old are you at started that point? going to um, um 17 at the end of the year but it was like yeah like yeah beginning of the year and yeah it was just oh, that's wow. when i first started going to um yeah uh yeah, shows at twisters and um it's like a 25 to life um from earth to ashes hell you can other band Let's see pressure luck and oh wow i can't remember who else might have played but it was a it was a fun um, first like downtown show experience and I uh, made excuses requested off work as much as I could I had a Twisters calendar
1: and just you know just went off from there I feel like in ninety nine that's a hell of a first downtown show twenty five to life Jesus Christ it, they were one of those bands like <laughs> anytime I saw them they, they were so inspiring you know like true like, you were just like especially Whoa, around that like, time yeah. Like like that, like yeah. AF. Like anytime I saw like them or AF back in the '90s, I'd I come out there just like stoked on fucking punk and hardcore. Like, oh my god!
2: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> and um, and shit. You know, hell, there, yeah. When twenty five to life
2: plays, there's um, the big Rick to life distro. So um, my friend Ryan um, was back there with me, and um, just I was like, "What is this?" And he was like, pretty much able to explain. Um, you know, what kind of style and every, all these bands were. And um, and then you pick up a record, look at thank you notes. and But yeah, I was like, you know, very much like into the, the Richmond hardcore scene and, and just like hardcore in general. I'm Had so you, glad I got introduced to punk rock.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah. Had you started playing guitar yet?
2: Uh, yeah, I started playing guitar um in the seventh grade. So um, I also found, you know, it just to be way more fun going in that direction, starting to play punk rock and, you know, figuring out like, you know, there was a band nearby and it was David Wood's band and uh, they were called Detonation at the time. It seemed like they wanted another guitar player, but I didn't, um, besides me having um, a guitar, I didn't have any gear. So I started saving up and I was like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna like join this band." Uh, my first band um, was uh, I, I started like this band with, um, believe it or not, with Alan Dtn and this kid that we went to high school with, Scott Benson. I think was also if you, if you remember that kid. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like? uh,
2: he he was, he was singing. He was on vocals. Oh okay, um, but like oh, we really didn't have anything going um, but that was like my first like band I was trying to you know be in but for real like playing with the DTN guys that was pretty much the first band like I was really like a part of so I, I guess you could say that was like my my first like official band in general it was, um, you know it, everything else is just full around and, and nothing really came to gel and you know, all it took was um, um, their guitar player. Pretty much, um, shoot, that was like right around when we started, you know, recording with you. Um, he um, went to college, and I pretty much just jumped
1: in. So I, I thought when y'all came to record, y'all already had a CD. Were you not on that? No, I was not. Okay, okay, all right, all right. I got you. Yeah,
2: yeah. My first recording experience ever was with you. Oh my God. Uh, at <laughs> Montana <sorry>. Spears. <laughs> yeah, at Montana Studios. Um, Jesus Christ. 2001. Yeah. So, so funny. So, obviously, like, y'all were straight edge band, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was definitely another thing I, you know, was learning going to shows is, you know, how Richmond at that time had a
1: huge
2: straight edge scene. And, For um, sure. Uh, uh, I don't know, and I, I was not, you know, claiming anything at the initial time. I was just going to shows, and there was people that were smoking cigarettes. Obviously, at that time, you come back right. from uh, Twisters and just be um, – that was my mom's only problem with it. it was, you know, I'd have these sweaty, you know, dirty clothes in a hamper, and it smelled like cigarettes. It's like, yeah, you know, you're not going to go to that club anymore, you know, and this is what they're all doing there. I'm like, are you smoking? I'm like, no, no. Um, and, and there's just a, a vast majority of, like, kids I hung out with that were straight edge, and I just didn't really partake in, like, really at all drinking at the time. So I just, you know, stopped altogether with everything that I was ever doing. Um,
1: you know, at 17, playing straight edge. Hell yeah. Well, how did y'all find that as far as like being a new band coming in from the South Side? And also, I mean, I can kind of relate a little bit, maybe um, coming to play shows in the city, it can be a little awkward, especially if there's like a big scene. Mm-hmm. How was that for y'all? Were the first shows you guys played, were they downtown or did you guys play like house shows on the South Side or, or what was your first show? First show I ever played um,
2: was I think in September of two thousand and one, pre nine um, eleven, and it was uh, let me see at the Tokyo Rose in Charlottesville, Virginia.
0: Oh wow! And
2: then after yeah, and then after that it was um, we were playing Richmond. It was it was Twisters. I, I saw. Um, DTN, pre, you know me. I was always like their, um, their like roadie or whatever you want to call it. Just, just always there hanging out. Um, I knew all the songs already. It was funny because I would jam sometimes with them. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, was always looking forward to um, one day um, taking over and playing
1: guitar for them. And so when that happened, how did, how did that go? Like, um, did y'all play the stuff that was existing before you or did y'all just start writing all new shit?
2: Um, <clears throat> they they wanted to play some of the songs off the record that they did, um, which I think they recorded in 2000... Maybe it was in, in two thousand and one because when I came in, we just yeah we started writing, and I know when we played that show at Tokyo Rose, I think we played all the songs I wrote, and then some of their like older like you know classics, all the new songs that I
1: had wrote were the ones that we recorded um, with you, and it was like, was that the stuff that became the Dead by yeah. Inch? Yeah, yeah. So
2: well, it was um, we did a demo with you. And then we came back in and then we did that dead by 23,
1: seven inch the okay.
2: following year.
1: Yeah. 2002. Were you guys like touring at that point or, or just playing locally? Um, so mm, 2001,
2: um, I, I graduated in 2001. Um, I was looking forward to maybe start touring, but I was enrolled in school full time. I was living at home and and going to John Tyler and when I was 18 doing pretty well with that by the way but um I was still like wasn't sure if like that was really what I wanted to do we were just playing more and more shows locally or like you know a little bit north DC um or Virginia Beach Virginia Beach is definitely a decent amount and um we we definitely wanted to, you know, just start touring. And um our our friend Colin Ackerman got us hooked up on his buddies in horror show um from Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah, and then um Stagel from Pacific Northwest, I think um Seattle, they came and um and the three of us toured and that was like our first official like tour and it was a blast some good shows um some shows were like you know pretty rough but um you know for a first
1: tour it was it was so much fun She was pretty good still back then like i mean i mean there's still there seemed to be like a lull around like 2005 2004 somewhere around there um but like back then it seemed like things are pretty active. Like I just remember a lot of stuff coming through here yeah. too. Um, how was that going on that tour? Like, was that something that you're like, Oh shit, I need to do more of this. Or were you like, eh, okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think I did like one more year of college officially. I, I have two years under my belt somehow. Um, cause we're, um, I think that was with like me withdrawing a little bit when we were touring. And then after a three-year duration, I was just like, I was just done with it. I I was like, I'm going to stop wasting my money. I'm not focused on this. Like, this is where I want to go. And I know David really wanted to go full-time as much as we could. Um, Daniel was, you know, he was our, our drummer and we wanted to always um, include Daniel, but he was a full time student, and um, I, I think at this time we, we would still work around like his schedule until like he took like some time off school himself, so that we can um, just go out and tour. Adam, he, he started um, playing in Cassadine at the same time, but he was also um, pretty like I don't know. Imp- career invested and I don't know, uh, he, he was playing with us as much as, as he could. But, um, I, I guess like we saw like, you know, the end of the road, um, at least like for trying to tour all the time, um, with him. And then we had Alan and he was pretty much on board as much as he could, but he, he was working full time at his dad's shop. Right. And so, um, yeah. So, you, you know, um, Alan, he would, He would do as much as he could, but, you know, he, he, his dad, you know, was trying to run a business and he was was trying to help him out with that as much as possible as well. And, um, so touring wasn't really, you know, first, you know, in priority, at least I, I think Alan would, would have loved to don't get me wrong, but, um, we did so many. That's when we started doing a bunch of like four piece shows. Like at first, like we had like, um, like our friend, like Alex DiMatessa would play bass. We were like a pretty like well-oiled machine when it came to like playing live. I felt like too, um, and just you know, just had just had so much fun on stage, and just were really tight. Um, it, it was always a fun like whatever our lineup was. Um, and let's see, and then we had like Scott Eckert um, playing wow. bass, and he was on the Save for the Birds records was actually in our band I remember for uh like a whole like like a calendar year, like a like a I don't know, like a like a March to a March thing. And like Scott was at the time like getting um you know, murder weapon was kinda taking off. He's staying for murder weapons. Oh right. And, um yeah, and um I, I partook in that like later, like on like right before the band like broke up. But um he was, you know, pretty invested in that. And he was he was working, so I guess you know because he was to pick one band. He he picked Murder Weapon, which was kind of doing stuff, um, right? And, um, so in a way, we would four pieces a lot with just me um, on guitar, Alan on bass, and then um, you know yeah, Daniel and and David, and um, that was the way it worked for a while. But then we really wanted to tour. Um, like, like we wanted, like, a lineup that just, like, we didn't have to, like, look for, you know, somebody to potentially fill in. or um, Right, sure. And so um, we went into the weekend, I remember, with um, our friends in the band um, 1033, and um, uh, it was in Florida. And we played this Daytona Fest um, called This Is For You Fest. We just, just made so many friends every single time that we were coming down to play. And in 2005, I think that's really when the band took off. That's because our our buddy who was living in Daytona at uh, the time, Jared Carmen, he he really filled a void, and uh, we just started um, being a touring machine.
1: So in the Sarah for the Birds, that came out on Thorpe, right? Thorpe, hmm How did y'all get hooked yep. up with Thorpe?
2: Yeah. Um, so I I that's funny to be honest. Um somehow um I don't know exactly how we got in contact with Thorpe. Um I think somebody got in contact maybe with David. Um and then all of a sudden like all the communication with Thorpe was being done through me. And it was like oh, wow. I don't know. It was yeah. Um I mean, nice dude. Um and it was like, definitely like, uh, like, a you know, we, we, you know, it kind of treated like, you know, like a business and, um, you know, let us know Scoop. And we were, you know, we were down, we were excited. I mean, they were, they had just put out this compilation, had, um, fourth records, bridge nine records, uh, right. And death, and, with, uh, and death, death was, uh, records. Yeah. It was, uh, fighting music comp yeah like the dead serious song was on there the striking Distance song was on there and so many like choice like songs that um you know bridge nine would throw from their bands and death wish from their bands so it was an awesome comp and then we were on the fighting music 2 comp um so you know uh, i think that included um a lot more like thorpe bands like Die Hard youth it, it was cool Um, it was, again, like, another, like, really good comp, um, that was, like,
1: you know, you can get for free, like, Soundhole. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they were pushing that hard as fuck. I remember when that came out. Mm -hmm. Um, how did y'all, how was dealing with the label? It was decent, um, what can I say, um,
2: for, for a band just kind of starting out, like, I guess, possibly, I, you know, Dead by 23 might have had, um, a push because I think um, mainly um, uh, Thorpe was out of Philly but I think he was living somewhere um, in Ohio at the time okay but I think he was, I think he's like originally like a Philly guy I maybe I'm wrong I don't know uh, but it, I mean dealing with him was like decent um, I'm sure like if you know we were a little bit more hyped of a band, at that time, um, maybe things would have been a little bit more like juicier, like more like support in general, but like, Hey, they're like, you know, if you, you know, record this, this, um, this record, then, you know, I, we'll pay for it and blah, blah, blah. Then we're like, okay, cool. And, <laughs> Hell yeah. and um, yeah, and we were like, all right, we, you know, cause we were so used to, um, you know, paying foot in the bill for, um, for recording. Right. And, um, so, you know, him being able to um, help us and take care of us in any kind of way. We're like, okay, that's cool. Um, you know, uh, he just did, um, CDs. He didn't do vinyl. Um, oh, so sure. we had to find somebody. Yeah. So, um, um, it was our friend, um, Snooki B in Virginia beach. Oh, from he nothing was, personal. Um, yes mm-hmm yeah okay yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Snooky b um he was doing um this label at the time called last anthem records and um he was like you know hey i you know what do i have to do to be the guy to, to put this thing on vinyl and um i want to say we were last anthem one of the first he was um really like excited to, to do that So yeah, we, we had like a very limited, um, vinyl run of that record. So if you ever see one floating around, it's, it is rare. Um, but then I think, um, you know, Rev down the line did like a, a combined version of that record or something. But anyways, um, you know, things only got like a little better, um, going forward as we started touring, um, like seriously and then we put out um a record um called um Splitting Headache which was just two splits we were in a two record contract with with Thorpe and he, he wanted all original music I forget how we like kind of like snuck around that <laughs> he found out later that, <laughs> he found out later and he wasn't too pleased that it wasn't all original music um and then, like, I think, like, shortly, shortly after that, um, um, that's when we were, um, well, Revelation had to buy the rights out, I guess, from him or whatever they had oh, to do yeah. to make it official. But, yeah, but then we were on um, Revelation Records,
1: and, um, you know, um, that was, like, right before the most. I remember running into Allen in Carytown, <laughs> right before you guys signed a Rev. And I think it, I think it was just like, like it wasn't confirmed yet or something, but he like told me, he's like, dude, fucking Rev hit us up. And I was like, they're still in business. He's like, they're fucking trying. Like, cause I guess they had like kind of stopped doing shit for a minute. And
0: they did.
1: Like, y'all were going to be like one of the first bands they were coming back with which was kind of amazing. Yep. We, they came back um,
2: with Shook Ones, Sinking Ships from Seattle, whom we did a tour with. Great guys. And then they came back, I think, the hardest uh, for us. We really appreciated it. And um, they really pushed the most. Um, we, I mean, that record, I think, did just, like, really well. People always tell me how much they love that record, and, and we put a lot of like dedication. I remember, like, we could rehearse that record. Um, like, we all did like so good, like, on our takes, our first takes on that record. We were just well rehearsed on that record. Um, um, we, we couldn't wait to, you know, just get that out and have that be like another, like, Things that we're promoting that just has us like just keep on going, you know.
1: Well, also, and I gotta, I mean, I asked you about this. How did it feel to be on a label that, like, you know, the first fucking band that you oh were looking God. up to was on? It was,
2: oh, gosh. It was, um, man, we, we did a tour in 2003 with Stand and Fight. And mm-hmm. ever since then, we had a, a, a great relationship with their bass player. Um, who was also in carry on. This dude named Greg Bacon. Okay. Um, still today one of my um greatest friends. Hoping didn't piss him off too bad this last <laughs> fall when I I decided last minute to drop out from our uh fantasy football league. But uh <laughs> <laughs> um but 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 a really good friend of mine, um, he was working at Rev, he was like in the screen printing in the back, pretty much all like, you know, judge um he was just doing all like the um all the basic shirts that you could order off their you know off their website and and you know at the very end of course you know he had to flip the shirt around and put the revstar star on um it was it was really cool we got to watch him um make some shirts um when we finally, like, uh, so that was like pre being on the label when we were on the label and then, and then doing that tour. Um, I remember that was kind of fun. Like at least that one time they're like, Hey, yeah, you, you guys can definitely have like a, like a little grab bag each. Like they didn't care about CDs and, um, and stuff like that. Like, especially if it has like the promo little punch on it. So we were like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? And you know That's my awesome. rev collection all of a sudden was just like oh you, we, I was like you know there's some bands like I didn't like know too too much about but then became like you know really into them like like Farside, uh, Texas is the reason and, you know just like you know stuff outside of hardcore and I was like wow you know like I I, I dig this label um, it's it's just kind of it was a little bit all over the place. But, it, you know, especially, you know, having, um, getting like the Inside Out record, uh, the judge just, told, I already had that. I think, you know, I, I already had a, a lot of the stuff from from Soundhole. So I just had, was just picking through, to see what I didn't have. Didn't really want to have, like, like, seem too, like, like greedy and look like, oh, give me it all. But, um, <laughs> well, they, they let us have, like, shirts and, and stuff, too. Uh, so that, oh, was, wow. that was cool. Like, 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 yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, it was, um, quite an experience. Um, but yeah, we were definitely, when we got to meet, you know, um, Jordan from Rev and he, he you know, is just a really cool guy. Really our involvement though was with our, um, our buddy Bob Shedd. He was like our guy with, uh, with
1: working with, uh, with with Revelations. And how did that change, like, touring and stuff like that? Did you find yourselves getting shows that you might not have gotten before? Were you able to go places that you weren't able to go before?
2: Um, Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I think, geez, like, we were really, prior to being on Rev, like, pretty, like, often, like, requested or, like, asked. To do you, know, right. hey, you want to do, you know, like do this tour 2005 on uh, you know bands would just be or David would be asking bands like yeah yeah let's do a weekend let's do um, let's try to do a week together um, it was 2004 man that we did um, a what a two month tour um which blacklisted and cast aside. Oh wow. Which is insane.
0: Yeah, is that the that, that it,
2: that's the longest I've ever been out and like you know, we saw everywhere and everywhere in Canada. Um it was just yeah, it was a whole pretty much North America. Um did we go in Mexico? Not on this tour, no. But you know, it was, it was pretty much everywhere. Um like places I never even thought that we could like play a show in like Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah, what an experience that was. That was uh, but uh, blacklisted was you know pretty big at the time, so it was um, quite the experience. I remember, I think it was 2005. We did a whole US with um, a band from Florida called Kids Like Us. Yeah, um, might we might did a little bit more touring with them um, down the road. Like, you know, we went to Europe for the first time ever in 2005. Uh, again, made possible because we had a touring, you know, bass player. Now that was, well, he was out in our band with Jerry Carmen now being in the band. And um, it it was definitely just, you know, that, that was what I was doing. That was like my, now my gig. I wasn't in school anymore. I wasn't entertaining that one bit i was just like like working at mcb valet and and playing uh hardcore shows and
1: and touring oh hell yeah yeah Yeah. i was gonna ask about that because like two two months like that's definitely like um you're probably gonna have to quit your job to fucking do that so were you able to like have a job when you came back or were you basically like Need a new one? Um,
2: yeah. So um, <laughs> um, let's see. When I was so let's see in 2008, I quit the band. But mm-hmm. let's see in 2006, I got introduced there from David Wood, um, and then you know come to find out some other friends were already working there or had worked there um, at MCV as uh, mm-hmm. as working in their ballet parking. Oh hell yeah! Um, yes, it was definitely like a very like that one company there. It was called Healthcare Parking Systems of America, um, mm-hmm. but it was very much like like a like a punk and hardcore kid like run like business. It was it was pretty cool.
1: I've known of a few of those over, over time. You know, like I remember for <laughs> a while, motherfuckers would work at certain. Um, courier companies were like um, I think the Jefferson had something going on for a minute like we're you know like a couple Jefferson kids, yeah like yeah Je- the Jefferson was, was another
2: one yes yeah everybody had jobs at the Jefferson um, that was like I was I remember that was like maybe like my next step if I was to like I remember I was talking to my buddy that, well I was talking to Jay I was talking to Jay Rollins who was there you know he worked there for a while Mm-hmm. And um, but you know it was I think you know pretty decent at times and I think Jay had like you know the 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 really good shifts anyways and he, I think he was just trying to be like you know oh, fuck off Grant like <laughs> right right this is my shift you know but um, but he would let me know I, I remember he did um, and there was one time I tried to get in but I was just like I think in the end I was like uh I, I it was like. Right when I um, was done with Dtn, which -hmm. you know, well, you know, part of the main reason for that is because, well, I wasn't straight edge anymore. But, um, but when I went back to work for Valet, I was like, yeah, right now I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm 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 ready to work full time. Like, oh, okay, cool. All right, well, you're a supervisor here at this location. I was like,
1: oh, okay, cool.
2: Oh, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Which was like, um, which wasn't like a major serious, like supervisor job. Yeah. You were like the, I guess the person like who, you know, delegated, you know, dispersed people, which was really, wasn't too much to do. You just made sure cars were parked on time and brought back on time and you'd help out from time to time. And, um, yeah, it's just like, you're like a glorified ballet. I was always at work. I wasn't on tour. Um, I would always try to, you know, I guess, quote unquote, make up for me right. just like being away, you know, I, they, they were cool. with like um, the, the old company. I remember too, when I was in down to nothing, working like as much time as possible. So certain, it was Monday through Friday. So I, I didn't mind, like, especially when I, was like, oh, shit, I'm going to be on tour for, like, so long with DTN. I need to pay, like, rent a time. I remember I was living like, with David, Daniel, um, Keith, and his girlfriend at the time. Um, it was, like, I don't know, like $170 or something. something Holy shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that is um, nothing. That is, that is nothing. But, like, at the same time, I remember um, I wanted to give Daniel, like, several months' rent. Um, right and still have, have have a little bit of money on the road um, I mean you know being in a hardcore band um, doing a lot of touring doing a lot of like um, what just going from like you know a lot of like gas stations and sometimes like gas station foods like you know sometimes we were like just living like trying to live off what the band had which that money would usually go to the gas tank to get to the next show so, you know, paying, like, especially if it was a winner, we'd just be, you know, fortunately, like, you know, shoplifting a lot of our food and stuff. Um, yeah, I was going ask
1: about that. Like, so, I mean, if <laughs> like you're on starting like, a out label. Especially. Like, if you're on a smaller label, you're not getting per diems for tour or anything like that. And fucking. Correct. Um, yeah, you know, so how would you guys work the money? Would, like, I assume you probably made the most of your money off merch, right? So, like, shirts and shit? Yeah. Yeah, so we would definitely, um,
2: you know, that would be the band um, would, um, like, I remember, like, certain bands we'd go on tour with, um, won't say who they were, <laughs> won't piss any off, but, like, they would, like, kind of, like, just hold on to all the money at the end, maybe, use, I think, use that money for gas, but, like, um, but, like, not, like, if they had to and had the money, like, um, pull the trigger on, like, the hotel or, um, you know, get food on the band if, like, the band actually had the money, um, mm-hmm. but, like, you know, like, oh, like, well, we're going to go steal from a gas station or something like, like that. Um, DTN, like, when we made the money, um, we would be smart with it, I think Daniel was really good with it, but like we tried to like you know reward ourselves like we would go out to eat usually after like it would be on the band We'd, that would be like the per diem like right which kind of like kind of back then you could get away with like you know it would probably still be like around like ten bucks a head we would do it that way we would just um just get out like. 10 bucks maybe like it would be up to like 12 or something like that like especially when it was like dinner time and you can kind of like you know make that like I kind know of where we went um you could like really like make that like go and and have a decent meal out of it but like yeah uh, um I, I would usually try to like have a bunch of my own funds um before like i get like the, the per diem um money sometimes you get like depending on who did the show who's promoting the show um what venue it's at it'd be like either you know there'd be like catered food we'd be like ooh but that was rare in the US like I think we played like one show ever um was sick of it all at a mad ball um at a house of blues oh go figure it's there so
0: right.
2: um, and yeah <laughs> in san diego yeah or or yeah i think it's san diego or or la um but dude it was awesome it was really cool um it was um you know i guess it's a what a disney owned business something like that but the food was really good um that was something that you would you know see at like maybe like a bigger fest um all the time like in europe but yeah Mm -hmm. in the states um um, I mean, I don't know. One time, um, I mean, you go to bigger shows. and I mean, obviously, like, metal shows and stuff. I remember, like, our friend Angie, like, when, you know, she was uh, uh, the merch girl for Lamb of God. She she took me and Daniel to see them, like, right when they, like, started, you know, making their peak. And, and we got to go backstage, and um, that was, like, you know, oh my God, look at all this food they have, you know like right right um, it was like it was like, wow, like this is like this is like the main difference. like well, do not had this in other shows but, um, <laughs> but you but in Europe, um certain shows it was really um there would always be like try, they would be trying to take care of you um, and it would be like you know like, either just, like, like, a, like, a simple, just, like, a meal for, like, the bands that were there, or, like, if it was a festival, you'd see, like, a, um, like, a big spread of stuff, and, like, you know, or, like, you know, and, like, it was always, like, very appreciated, definitely, because I was definitely at that time, <clears throat> I was always, like, you know, like, pinching pennies on tour, I was always trying to make dollars stretch, and, um, and, but, you know, not trying to be sketchy and,
1: you know, um, just try to rely on eating off the band. Sure. Well, I mean, it, let me ask you though. this. When you guys went to Europe, um, I mean, that seems like, like, first off, like, how the fuck would y'all pay to get over there? And then second off, you couldn't bring instruments, right? So you'd have to rent them? Um,
2: so, let's see, the first was in 2005 uh, we did it with our friends on thin ice and um, it really went over like kind of like whatever <laughs> It was promoted like semi good um, it went really good in the UK um, I think we had like more like um, a, a different promotion in the UK um, mm-hmm. down nothing just for some reason um, just was big in in the uk um maybe still to this day i don't know but um it was um we would go and um well we were fortunate at the time we would have to pay um daniel's like dad back but i remember we like the first time we ever went we had to fly out of jfk (laughs) oh wow um um, yeah, so he drove us all the way up there, in there, um, which was also the GTN um, first touring van before we got our official van that we you know bought as a band. Um, right. We had uh, the the Specter Family Conversion Van, and <laughs> we oh, rode, yeah. um, He picked us up. He he drove us there, dropped us off, and they picked us up. Or can might have been um, David's. Um, parents on the first tour i think that picked us up um but anyways um uh yeah that's how we got the least of the fronting of that to start out because um i mean i know i think now nowadays um certain promoters they can front bands now especially like i think like a lot of bands that have just kind of like started out which it wasn't like that you know you'd have these guys um that were like yeah he shows me really good um here's what the guarantee you'll get and we'd be like you know like okay we're gonna make our flights back you know cause we'd always be concerned with that cause we'd be the ones um having to pay that but yeah um I think one time I like you know threw it down on my credit card <laughs> Um, and I fronted the money for. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So I did that one time and, but that was fine. Like all of a sudden, bam, here's the money um, for the flights and everything. Like it was really easy to get that back. Um, So I didn't really have a problem with it. And plus like in a way I was like, um, I don't know, Daniel I think and David would be in charge of in, in general of like the, uh, of dispersing the funds. But I'd be like, yo, I found flights for like nine cheap or something like that. I've got the money right here. Like, yeah. Okay. I guess because I don't know, sometimes you would search for them at certain times of the day, it would change. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At, it's at this right now. Let me, I'm going to get him. right. I'm going to, um, it's like, yo, you guys, like I got the money you got to pay me back. And, and, um, that we've like kind of handled it that way. But yeah, as the years went on, um, the shows were just always really good for down to nothing. So, um, it just, you know, we, we knew like whatever kind of expenses we would do. Um, we would do like the occasional, like, you know, hotel every now and then, but, um, we would always welcome, you know, staying with friends all the time, you know, saving some, some loot. Cause, you know, it was in a way too, that like I remember like after Europe, like this was like in a way, like it became like, it was like your job. Like I forget how long we were on the road in 2007 um, out of the year, but it was more than half the year. Um, Jesus Christ! So, so it was. It was. Yeah, I remember like counting it all up, and I was like, "Wow, it." We had like certain times and breaks, and they seemed kind of long. But like, he added up all the shows together. It was like it seemed like it was like right at over like <laughs> like like
1: six months. It was weird. It was crazy. <laughs> With the equipment and stuff, did y'all have to rent when you went over there? Because I know oh, yeah, that. that they have rules <laughs> about we can't just pay taxes or some shit. You can bring amps in or something.
2: So we would bring, um, we had arrangements for, um, or like we would go through a rental company like in mainland Europe for like amps and um, mm. the power supply because obviously the power, you know, over there is different (laughs) but um um, we would bring over our guitars our bases um oh base the only um we can carry on the guitars i remember going to europe um it was well they would check them excuse me going to, to europe i think they would check everything um sometimes depending on um what airline we would have like certain problems um I think mainly when we were in, we did a, a world tour, which is like one of my last ones in 2008. Um, we were in like international airports. We would be hit with like certain fees and we were oh, like, shit. what the hell? What? And we literally didn't have that, that money. Um, so what the fuck uh, would happen? You could bring. <laughs> oh, well um, I remember one time well, we had our guitars and we, um, Korea I think it was and um, mm-hmm. they were trying to tell us hey, it was just some astronomical amount for us to like fly all our merch and then the instruments and and you know I don't know what we' were trying to carry on but it was mainly just like our like personal item I think that's all we could at the time flying internationally but um, I remember th- there was like they put these tickets on our um on our luggage like they were like ready to go and they're like okay now um uh, and it's the money like, oh, we don't have that but they left the tickets on and mm-hmm. we went over to this guy um who was like just, just was smiling just loading like like abnormal like long like luggage like i don't know somebody's like flying their fishing pole or something like they, they took it to this guy um, on right. or conveyor and we just started walking towards over there um everybody did and um I don't know. Like, I think we kind of did it. Like, we snuck away, like, big time. But they, they were trying. The people at the desk were like, they're trying to figure out how they're going to pay for their, um, for their bill. You know, like, blah blah blah. And like, I, then we just kind of all like walked away. Never came back to the desk. But we went to this one guy at the conveyor, and and he took our bags. And we were like, oh my god, shit. And we were like. Um, maybe see you at our next destination, which I think that was Europe. <laughs> so yeah, they, they really like it, whatever the currency was. Um, and I, I think it was, in however, it was like over a thousand US. Let's just say that that's that easily. I remember one time we like David or Daniel like like dropped a bunch of like coins. <laughs> this is all we have. I like, oh, tried to pull God. one of those. Um, it was. Really Did it worked, but um, no, dude. That they were like, "You guys gotta figure this out," or if, like, "We, I'm sorry, like you're gonna have to leave it." Like that was pretty much, I think, what they were trying to tell us. Like, if you want to go to this place, that's all well and good, but you're gonna leave your shit here. Um, so yeah, when we put her. We went over to that guy um, that was on that conveyor who was just handling the um, the long. Like different like types of luggage, we, we were just like hey can you take this and he's
1: like oh, yeah 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 and just
2: put it on there and off it went and we we're like uh, maybe see you later.
1: Oh my but god! Yeah,
2: we there at our next destination, um, which I think we went from um, that tour to on that specific flight we were going to um, start the beginning of a six week tour which is like my last um european tour down nothing with uh, a band called no turning back mm-hmm. which i think till this day was like the wildest um european tour i've ever done i mean that was six weeks um in europe and the uk um kind of hit a lot of areas it was like the summertime too so there was a lot of like swimming opportunities um which like the um no turning back was from um Holland um so they were able to show us like a lot of places from their hometown and um it was it was just a lot of like you know just a lot of fun um
1: it was kind of like a a good way for me to go out like for one of my like my last tours so you mentioned leaving DTN in 2008 and then you have mentioned a lot of other bands after that so like Mm -hmm. you've kept going playing in hardcore like um, how how did you feel? Because that's like your first real band. How was it leaving that band? And like, well,
2: it was a little weird. Um,
1: so you know, when I when
2: I first came done with Down Nothing, it was like, um, all right, cool. You know, you know, good luck doing whatever you know. You know, I was going to do, which I was going to try, and you know, either go back to school or just maybe start. You know working full time, you know, whatever I was going to do. Like it was kind of hard, um, you know, trying to, I was always living at my parents' house and I really wanted to be just more independent. And, and it was funny how the band really took off, um, when I left, <laughs> um, and, and shows sure, this really, like, they're like, you know, like DTM down, nothing, like if they wanted to, and, um, they, you know, it, 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 the band really could have supported, you know, like maybe even like paying
1: rent every month or something like that. But, um, so yeah, I I, at one I, point they are like, like, you know, largest hardcore band maybe in the, <laughs> like one of the largest in the world at, at a certain point.
2: Um, like, like around like 2000, I would say like around that time, 2008, like, us and like have heart, like, um, I mean, especially have heart. I gotta give them a lot more of the credit, but like, we would do a lot of, um, um, we do uh, like a week or like a weekend with that band. Um, like, you know, they, they would call it like a co headlining tour, but like, had, um, have heart, um, sets were always insane. Um, like, say we would like maybe, um, maybe we would headline like uh, like, um, the Southern legs of like tours and they'd, you know, be on the, um, headline of the North, but then they were such cool people and such a great band. Um, and you know, they've gone on to, you know, do like other, like cool projects now, like, like fiddlehead. And, um, but, um, like Pat is like an amazing you know person and, um, and, and just, like, you know, a great singer. And the, my half-heart and, and DTN were, were definitely, like, it seemed like on top of the world then. But still, it just didn't seem like, um, like I, I was really getting anywhere. So I, um, I just and kind of wanted to do my own thing if I wanted to do another band. Um, but uh, What
1: do you mean by your own thing?
2: Um, just either, like, like just... Start writing um, well, uh, I don't know it was more like um, more into like we had like a like I feel like a Pennywise um, like a very fast like kind of vibe that, that blended mm-hmm. with hardcore um, like Dave and Daniel were, were very big into Pennywise and I was in, in turn too like I couldn't you know get away from it one but two it was definitely like you know a lot of the early stuff was definitely like you know um, very influential on our writing and um, and I would always take snips from here and there um, but uh, I was more like I don't know just like a New York hardcore guy every time I would pick forward, just like into like thrash at that time mm-hmm. when I was like uh, when I left the band um, I just you know like I said um, like I kind of like got into punk rock and like alternative and metal like i like, you know, think about, you know, trying to play metal riffs when I started playing guitar. And um, and I don't know, it, it, it kind of was like the first thing I would always do when i pick up guitar I would always um, just be like, it would usually be like a knee standard tune guitar. And I'd just like, just start like, like just start playing like, you know, Talica riffs or or, you know, just the, you know, rain and blood yeah that's good whatever you i know
1: remember you in like <laughs> you i remember i think when i was recording you like i remember you had this one part in like you're just like throwing in fucking pinch harmonics and shit and i was like hell yeah dude!" <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I i enjoyed um you know trying to um play more of that style mm-hmm. and um it was it was funny, like, to, like at my very, um, last DTN show, um, I actually played also for, um, a band from the beach called Iron Boots, um, mm-hmm. which is dudes from, um, dudes in that band, um, were in fire and ice with me. Um, and then I also played in a band called, from New Jersey, from Get Real. So I played three sets on my last oh, wow. DTN set that day. Yeah. Um, but, uh. Yeah, I was, I, um, and then after that uh, was over, I remember talking with Flizza and Dave from Iron Boots, and they became, you know, me and Flizza became really good friends. Um, we well, we had been since 2003, but, um, you know, we, we were then, like, a, about to be living together, um, and then um, just started writing music together, and um, just in the vein of, like, uh, just like war zone or, or leeway, and that was just oh, cool. kind of stuff that kind of like, like like kind of like came more natural, I guess, to me when I picked up a guitar and like I really Great. liked that. Um, as much as I love playing um, down to nothing and everything, I just was like, um, you know, it was kind of cool, I guess, to to change it up a little bit, um, and um, and just kind of like just do like more of like a thrash style band when i was done with down nothing i i kind of joined um brace war like then i i have been in that band um i'm in it now but like i'd been in it like once and then quit and then got back in it again <laughs> but um but fire and ice was like kind of like the one band that i did start like i think was, like the very end of 2008 and that was, like, that was kind of, like, my baby. That was, like, the first band, like, I started. So, um, so if there's, like, a lot of, like, you know, you know, pride or you whatever, know, or, or I'm pointing a lot, like, towards, like, you know, accomplishments with that band, it's because I'm, like, you know, hey, that's, like, something like me and um, two other guys started from the ground up and we're really proud of.
1: Oh yeah. How was that compared to, like, all the stuff you had done with DTN, like, moving in because you're probably starting out in a new band you're probably be playing some smaller shows you're also playing yeah some, probably completely different maybe not completely different crowd but a, a bit of a different crowd um yeah
2: well it was it was cool um like i i guess there's like a little bit of hype to begin for that band um you like you know members of um down to nothing and sure you, know, you sure. can like do that like in your in your in, your, in um, parentheses I don't know thing in iron, in iron boots and you know kids to get stoked and it, and it didn't take long like we had this little promo that we had that we were giving out at shows that like record on Band, <laughs> and just yeah just like with like mics and like um Hunter's um our friend um Hunter's uh living room oh wow just yeah we did everything just like fucking budget and in um, and, and live. It was it was cool, but um yeah, I just handed that out and then, like, Triple B was like, hey, um, I actually had my eye on you guys already, but, like, this is cool. Like, let's do something, and then um, it, it kind of, like, just, that one really did um, kind of kick off kind of quick, and unfortunately, the, the one thing that we weren't able to do or just didn't, like, Want to take the risk of was mm-hmm. tour with that band because we did do tours. Um, we did do like, um, um, I, we did do several US's. Um, we did do you know, but we couldn't do like as much as like certain other bands could. And I guess like, um, Flizza just turned um, 30 and I was like turned 30 right around the corner and like I don't know. And he was in a serious relationship. I wasn't, but, like, I knew, like, <laughs> it would be hard to get um, these dudes that I was playing with as good musicians they were. Um, well, minus Mark. I knew I can twist Mark's arm easily, and he'd be like, okay, let's go on. <laughs> uh, um, Dave, um, he was pretty, like, well, you know, you know, he he needed to make money, and he, he did really well as a painter. Dave was a singer. Um, so everybody would be cool with the idea of touring cause it's fun, but then certain people will get stressed out, like, or just couldn't like make a living doing it. But, but yeah, that was definitely, I guess the difference going from down nothing and, you know, a lot of things being like covered, you know, the occasional like hotel and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it Then, you know, of course, they were still playing, um, had been still playing for for quite a while. And, you know, I'm sure we're doing quite well. But like, you know, that was definitely like, you know, going from like a pretty decent sized touring band to um, like a band that like some people have heard of. And but, you know, it was, was getting on
1: everybody's radar little by little. Well, not the other thing is too. You're just getting older. Like, I mean, shit. How Mm -hmm. old are you now? Like, forty. I'm forty. Yeah. Yep. Um, You know, in your forties, if you're playing in a band, it's hard enough just to get motherfuckers off of work for practice, let alone a fucking tour. You know, like it just Uh, gets harder and harder as people. Cause just people by nature, like they just accumulate more responsibilities as they get older and, you know, whether it's a family or a job that like, they're actually like, you know, they, they don't hate it. Um, (laughs) They probably want to keep it. And like, when you're young, it's a lot easier to be like, ah, fuck it. I'll get a different one. when I get back. Or you just, you just gotta be more, I guess, like strategic, you know, and also realistic. Like, yeah. I think when you're young, 100%. like shit, just me playing in bands when I was younger and then playing in bands now, I don't even know how we got shows when I was a kid. Like they just, they just happened. Like I never fucking booked them. <laughs> like they just happened. <laughs> we always had shows. They just appeared out of nowhere. And you know, then when you, you're older and you're trying to get shows, it's way different. It's like, you have to be like, well, I mean, how many times do we really want to play in this area this year? which is like a mm-hmm. thought that, you know, <laughs> doesn't cross your yeah. mind when you're in your 20s or something. You're like, fuck it, we'll play as much as you can. <laughs> exactly. um, but you start thinking about shit like that and, you know, just kind of being realistic about it and, you know, trying to respect everyone's uh, obligations. Um, it's crazy, though, because, you know, a lot of... I've talked to some, some people on here, on this podcast, that, you know, their first band, you know, getting up through high school, whatever they broke up during that. And the crazy thing about you Mm -hmm. and GN is y'all were able to make it work somehow. Like, I mean, yeah, you had to like different touring, touring lineups and stuff, but you guys survived it pretty fucking much. And that's kind of amazing. It it always
2: did. It, It always had, um, it always found a way. Um, um, like I said, early on, like, like, I know Alex D helped us out a lot um, playing bass. Uh, Rashad would play for Daniel when Daniel was like, had to be back in school um, certain times. Um, Rashad cast side and murder weapon um, now embrace war. Um, Yeah. I mean, we, we always made sure that, you know, that, that band was like, okay, we're, we're good. We're good to go. You know, like, everything was always good to go um um and in line for that band because you know it was you know it was what we did definitely that's what we you know were we were we, we never canceled any shows to my knowledge um it was rare if it down to nothing ever did um I, I can't even remember like
1: especially when we were touring all the time was canceling shows but yeah Oh yeah. Well jumping ahead now to like what you're playing now. Um, mm-hmm. how many bands are you in right now? <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So uh
2: currently I'm in I'm in Brace War and I'm in a band um that's like pretty active at the moment,
1: uh called Mutually Assured Destruction. And Brace yep. War has been around since the mid two thousands, right? Yeah, Brace War has
2: been around, I think, since 2005 or 2006. I did a tour with them, I think, in 2006, um, just to kind of help out. And then did, um, and, and I remember, like, it wasn't soon after I was done with CTN, Ryan hit me up and was like, yo, you want to be in Brace War? I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, we're not a straight-edge band, like, because I think at the time like Alex and somebody else had just broken edge too. So I was like, all right, well game on. I'm, I'm still, I still love hardcore. Just, you know, that's right. And then, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, but I, man, I'm trying to remember it was like from then to like 2014 or something like that. I, I was in brace war and then I quit for a little bit and, um, and Ryan was like, yo, come on, man, get in my band. I'm like, all right. So I was back in like 90 and after like two years, I think. Um, and you know, just whatever has been on the plate for Brace War, um, on that, in that time span, I've, I've been a part of, and it's been, um, been a lot of fun. We have some shows coming up, um, next month, um, in June and, um, like, I don't know if you're saw like like Bane's getting back together and they're playing yeah. a, um, a big weekend. And yeah, so we're, we're playing that. That is actually going to be in, um, in Boston, um, at some, gosh, what's the name of the venue? I can it's a new venue, but it's like, I, I forget how fast it sold at Bane sold it out in, but, um, it's like a 3000 cap venue. <laughs> Jesus um, fucking Christ. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I think the second show did um, um, just as well. I think I think there's still some tickets available for it. But, um, but yeah, the first show just like bam, like that it sold out. But we're um, actually got um, a couple more shows um, added to that. Um, we're gonna play Thursday, June the fifteenth. Yeah, in um, in Baltimore at the Metro. Um, and then we're going to play um, in New Jersey, I think near the shore on the 16th and then we'll head up and do the two shows. Um, it's back-to-back nights, the same show uh, with Bane. Um, and so we're pretty excited about that. But, um, but uh, you were talking about pulling teeth, trying to get you know people together, man, that's, <laughs> I love all my guys and embrace war and granted right now we've, some people have been going through, through some things um, in the band, like that have prohibited them from being able to um, participate and stuff. But um, but it, it is hard. Um, everybody has their commitments to their you know their career or um, you know everybody's pretty busy or they're married. Um, do new married, kids? Um, and they have kids. Um yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, Ryan, you know, is is a, he just started, I know, um, working. Um he's like a a mortgage broker. Um I mean he's got his kids. So I mean he's a busy dude. Um so I it's funny um certain like text threads, um like the 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 mad one, um sometimes like I told you I work overnight, I usually throw my phone on do not disturb. I come back and I'm like, Holy crap. Like, I'm like, there's like a hundred messages. And I'm, I'm reading them all. And just kind of how active, like, you know, just the, the band kind of like is right now. And there's a lot of like hype we're trying to do a lot of stuff and, uh, write new music and the band's still, you know, fairly new. So, you know, it, that's kind of comes with that, you know, new band territory. But we, when we're chatting with Brace War. um, you know, it's a little bit slower. Um, we're, you know, everybody just seems so busy. I don't know. Everybody is is like um, is pretty invested, or um, but you know, we got at least figured out, and um, I know what we're what um, we're we'll rehearse hard
1: at least for these shows coming up, and um, it's it's always a lot of fun. Well, it's so fucking cool because like when we were kids, there weren't many people our age playing in fucking hardcore bands. No, not at you all. Know, like, <laughs> like, like the Discord guys were, but yeah. <laughs> that was it, you know what I mean? Like, it was like it was like a few, but, but it's just because hardcore was so young, you know? And, and mm-hmm. they had this kind of like, you know, I guess like the earlier bands, like, they just start, and, and hardcore bands are notorious for it. I mean, well, I guess punk bands like are too... But, like, you know, they they were just kind of like, you know, if you could keep a hardcore band together for a year, that was like, oh, shit, you know? Like, I mean, they, they yeah. just, early bands would just break up and fucking hate each other. <laughs> and and it's so weird now that, like, you know, there are just as many bands, I think, of people in their 40s as there are maybe are bands of people in their 20s. Yeah, yeah. Well, closing up, I wanted to ask you... um, any advice? Cause I mean, you, you've been playing pretty consistently for, you know, about more than 20 years now. Um, yeah. What, what advice do you have for folks that, you know, are either, uh, you know, wanting to start a band or they're older or, or wanting to play a band or, you know, whatever the fuck, like to, you know, keep, keep doing it. What do you have anything to say to folks that might make sense to them about that?
2: Um, yeah, sure. Um, well, it's definitely something that I feel like is, is a good, like release. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's something good to do with your, with your friends. It's fun being creative and, you know, you know, I've been just fortunate this whole time. Um, especially, you know, beginning out with DTN and, you know, becoming established with them and then like, you know, things kind of, you know, a uh, kind of approached me after that, um, mm-hmm. which you know, I guess that, that that's awesome and everything, and I'm, I'm I'm grateful, very very grateful. But um, you know, I it, you know, just for people that want to start something up and you maybe haven't done anything before, I just you know. Just try your best to, to, if if you do do it, like to, to get it out there to people, to, um, to, you know, let, let be known that, you know, to promoters, um, I I guess like physically, like talking to them at shows, I think that that might be the best way to start out and not make things like, you know, or I guess Instagram, (laughs) I don't know, whatever works now today, but just trying to be, um, um, active, you know, trying to um, promote yourself, and um, I think that's like the best way that um, if you're starting something, um, to just keep keep going. I think with Mad, um, that's what I've kind of seen the most. It's just like you know, hey, like we just kind of like keep like promoting. Um, ace is a, a hell of a of her promotional person in general like he mm-hmm. like runs the richmond hardcore shows page you know still book shows here um does a podcast of his own i mean the, the dude is like always more so i guess like internet available or on it than like like say i am and um but it's it's cool because like you know it's keeping me in the know and um but he, but getting yourself out there and then, like, I guess putting in the work, obviously, like just trying and get in, the, in, a, in a mode to write. And sometimes, you know, you don't have to get too crazy um, with what you're starting out with. Just having like some bread and butter, like tunes kind of gets everything started, I feel like. And, and then you can kind of, you know, I think venture out and get weird with it. I feel like that's how I started with this band, with Mutually Assured Destruction.
0: And that concludes my interview with Ryan Grote. I'd like to thank Ryan for taking the time to talk with me. You can find his work by checking out his current band, Mutually Assured Destruction, or MAD. For more episodes like this, check out our website, variousthingspodcast.com, or search on your favorite podcast streaming service under the show name, Various Things. This has been Various Things. Thanks for listening.